0: Today's DAF is DAF Ayin Gimel, page 73 in the is the Dart. And we pick up from the third line, Bo'i Rami Barchoma. Rami bar asked a question searching for information, and just to remind ourselves that if a girl's in a state of Erison and Naira Murasa, the husband and father both need to remove the vows, and we're going through various cases that we, we want to know if, under different circumstances, whether that responsibility of both of them to remove the vows change, and is there a possibility where we'll say to a husband that uh, even if you want to remove the vow, you can't. And we'll say to the father, even if you want to remove the vow, you can't. And we're going through what those possibilities possibly would be. That's pretty vague. So let's introduce the next question. This question, the third line from the top, is going to be about the following. If a person is, a husband is a cherish, if he's deaf. Now, we learned the Pasuk, remember in the Pasuk it says that when the husband hears the vow, he's able to remove it. And yesterday we ended off with a shaila, and we didn't get a final answer is, can a husband remove a vow that he didn't hear? Now that was talking about a case where the husband's able to hear, he just didn't hear the vow. Now we're going to ask a shaila: what about if the husband didn't hear and he's not able to hear? So in other words, he's in a situation where if his ears would work, he would have been able to hear, except that he's deaf. So he, can, he doesn't have this Shama, the, the ability to hear. So is that a mailer of Khsaran over here? Does that help us? Does it hurt us? The fact that he's deaf, what's going to happen? So here we go, fascinating. Shaila, bo'i <laughs> Rami bar Rami bar asked a question searching for information. Cheresh, a deaf person. Mahu hu sheyefer Ishtai. Is he able to remove a vow that his wife makes? If you're going to tell me in the previous question that we asked, now we didn't have an answer, but let's say a regular husband could remove a vow without he personally hearing it. Maybe at least we'll say that you know why he could have? Because he's able to hear. Maybe by a deaf person is a different question. The He's not capable of hearing. They would have a different child. And this would be following a ruling of Reb Now let's just uh, pause here for a moment and explain this halacha. The Gemara here is just giving a, we'll call it a mushel, a parable of a situation where sometimes we'll note that by being fit to do something, even if it doesn't happen, you're fine. For example, a carbon mincha. Carbon mincha is a mixture of flour, oil, and levaina and frankincense. Okay? So what happens if you have all the ingredients for your carbon mincha, but you just didn't mix it together? So the halacha is, as long as it's fit to be mixed together, let's say the flour, the oil, and the levaina are all here ready to be mixed, the halacha is, even if you don't mix it, it's fine, because it was fit to be mixed. However, if it wasn't fit to be mixed, then we say it's not good. The Gemara is just using this as an example of the difference between a husband who could hear and doesn't, and a husband who can't hear. He's not fit to hear. So, idoma, or maybe we'll say vishama isha Ma'akiv. Maybe vishama isha means the fact that the husband has to hear is not ma'akiv, and therefore even a deaf husband is able to remove the wife's vows So here is like a new Shiloh, fascinating question. And in this Shiloh, we actually have an answer to. Um, Oma Rove, says, Tashma, I'll prove to you that a deaf husband is able to remove his wife's vows. It says, Vishoma Isha and her husband heard her, Prat Le'eshes Cheres Shma Mina. Excludes in Eshes Cheres Shma Mina. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, I said that he he could remove. Fakir, just the opposite. Retract, back up. This is a proof that a deaf husband is not capable of removing the vow because vishama is literal. This excludes the wife of a deaf person. I want to share one important yesod on the word cheirish here. The word cheirish, very often in halacha or when you go through shas, refers to somebody who doesn't have mental c- uh, uh, abilities. It's usually a deaf mute and somebody who just can't interact at all. Over here, we need to be dealing with the case of the husband simply a cherish, but does have the mental capacity and the ability to interact. Because otherwise, what's the removal of a vow if somebody's not capable? Okay, so just to know, I'm just making a point that when we refer to a cherish, we're just saying the ears aren't working in the classic sense, as opposed to sometimes cherish, is also giving off the inability to understand things. That's not what we're dealing with over here. Okay, period. Fascinating Shaila, and a straight-up answer. He they ask a question searching for information. Baal, a husband, mahu sheyifer l'shnei nasha Bavasa. These guys got two wives. And they both made vows. Can he look at the two of them with one statement and say, those, ba- those vows are gone? Interesting question. I saw. The pasuk says I saw her. Uh, so that is dafka. Does that mean dafka specifically one lady? I love dafka or her means any ladies, even two. Um, Amar says Tashma, come and listen. I'll prove an answer from the following brayso. If you have two women who are unfaithful to the husband. The is we don't have them drink the sight of waters. The The reason is because each one's going to be a little stubborn in front of the other. You know, I'm not going to admit that. I, see, by a sight that we're in doubt. So we, we we want these women to either admit that they did it, tell us they did it, or you know, or uh, risk death over here. We, we really want them to admit, that so nothing happens. Therefore, you can't have two women coming at once, because they um, they'll be a little like arrogant in front of their friend, like a little chutzpahdik uh, in front of their friend, and they're not going to give in when otherwise they would have kind of cracked. Rebbei says, That's not why we don't give two sitters together. I'll tell you why two sitters don't drink at the same time. She drinks. I saw levada. She's got to do it by herself. So you see, when it says, "I saw." It means davka one, hence, when a husband removes a vow, the same thing will apply. Okay? If he has two wives, he's got to remove, eat the vows from both of them, one after another. It must be done independently. Period. End of that gemara. Now we turn to ayin gimlam and and we begin the next Mishnah. Here we go. Let's pause, give a quick introduction. Can a husband of an Arus remove her vows? Yeah, with the, with the dead. With the dead. Right? Okay. What about a, a husband who has Nasuin? She's moved in. Can he remove her vows? Yeah, yeah by himself. The father's got no rights to it, just the husband. Let me ask you a shiloh. And this is going to be the shiloh of our Mishnah. Remember, we learned that there are some women who after agreeing to marriage, they have 12 months till Nassoum. Other women have 30 days. What happens, let's say, when the 12 months are up or the 30 days are up and the husband doesn't take her in? He becomes obligated to support her financially. Remember that, Allah becomes obligated. What happens as far as her vows are concerned though? How do we view their status? Are they still in do, do we still view it like Erisin? Or do we say that now that the father has I'm sorry, now that the husband has full responsibilities to the wife, maybe he also takes on the responsibilities of the vow? It's kind of like an in-between. She's we're not she's not treated completely like an Arusa because he's got a supporter, but they also never did Nasuan. So what's the status over there? Interesting, Shaila. And that's going to be the conversation of our Mishnah here on Ayin Gimel Abdelbey, the Mishnah, by Geras, who waited her 12 months, okay, and as we just learned three days ago, by uh, Geras had 30 days, but it means either one, either a Geres somebody waited 12 months, since as, as soon as the husband's obligated to support her financially, he also fully takes on the rights to remove her vow. Absolutely not. You need real nesuin. Just because the time of nesuin and the financial responsibility started does not do anything. Seder. Okay? So to our question as we introduce the Mishnah, what's the answer? Machlekes. Omar Rabba Rabba says Rabbi Lazer U You should know that the we we'll call it the Tanakama or not Tanakama, the earlier Mishnah and Rabbi Lazer are teaching us the same halachar. Rabbi Lazer in our Mishna is teaching us the same thing as we learned previously. In the Tanam. we learned in the Mishnah. Ubal uh, I'm sorry, I lost the place. We Learned in the Mishna. Nice in the B'sulah we give a Basullah 12 months to prepare for marriage. Why? Why? Why is she 12 months? To get ready. She's got ready for marriage. Okay. 12 months are up. And what happens? They don't have real actual nesuin. She can start eating from his estate. He's, words, he's obligated to take care of her. And if her husband's a kain, she could start eating shuma. But let's say we're dealing with yavam and yavama. So the yavama does not, is not able to start eating shuma. Now, this is a similar case to when the 12 months or 30 days are up. Let's say you have a yavama who falls to a yavam. So they're obligated to either get married, to have bia, or to do chalitza. What happens if the, if the yavam's taken his grand old time? Okay, he's slipping this out. So we say, okay, listen, we're going to have to handle that. But Lemaissa, she cannot start eating, um, uh, she cannot start uh, eating Shuma. If let's say she was six months with her original husband, as in Narusa, and now six months with the Yavam, or even if she was with the husband for 11 months and 29 days, or 28 days, or she was with her with the Yavam for all that time, except for one day, which uh, she was with her husband, she's not allowed to start eating Shruma. This is the Mishnah that we learned earlier on. Bezdin shall Achareyam Amru. But later on, the Bezdin gave up Sak and they said, You need real, uh, full throttle Nesuin in order for her to be allowed to um, to eat Truma. Okay. So you see from here that as soon as, see from this, as soon as the time for Nesuin arrives, we consider her to kind of be a Nisuah, which if you look in the Mishnah, Reb says, That was Rabbi Loz's expression in the Mishnah. As soon as you become obligated to support her, you could remove her vows. Similar to this Mishnah in Xubas, which says, Time's up, you're now pretty much uh, Nisuin. Amale Abai says to Rabbi, You, know, you don't have a rye over there. Domalahi, not necessarily do Reb Liezer, I'm sorry, yeah, does Reb Liezer and that Mishnah fall in lockstep with each other. And I'll tell you why. You're trying to connect our case over here of the twelve months to that case of the um as far as the darim to that case of Mizinais. No. Tomalahi Alkan like Mishnah darabon. Over there, remember we had this in Subas, that the Mishnah over there could is possibly only dealing with Shuma Diraban. That once the 12 months are up, she could eat rabbinic shuma. Avon <speaking in> Adarim Dairaiseh, <Hebrew> imalait, may be more strict, on <speaking in> Adarim, <Hebrew> which are biblical. <speaking in> Bidairaiseh <Hebrew> gives the rights of the husband and father to, to remove the vows. So when you're dealing with a biblical thing, mehechatesi <speaking in Hebrew> who says that midairaiseh, <speaking in Hebrew> we're going to consider this to be Nisuan if it's not real Nisuan yet. Ba'adkan <speaking in> Lezer, <Hebrew> and also Rebbe who allows the removal of the vows and considers them to be uh, married, maybe that's only as far as the Lachas of Nadarim is concerned because Rav is a Lach in the name of Rava, Rav Pinchas says the name of Rava, whoever makes a vow, a woman, that vow is going to be dependent on what her husband wants. Okay, now what this means is that when a woman gets married, the same way she's giving over her rights to marriage, she's also stating by being married that she wants her nedarim to be in the domain, we'll call it, or in the jurisdiction of the husband. Fine. And therefore, the husband, as soon as he's obligated to support her, becomes able, even though they haven't moved in yet, becomes able and capable of Take of uh, overseeing her vows, because that was her original agreement when they got married. However, when it comes to Truma, even though it's Midrabona, she can't eat it. Why not? Because that wasn't any part of the original agreement. Meaning like this, says the Gemara, I'll tell you a tremendous difference, very practical difference, between the case of Nedarim and the case of her eating Truma. by Nedarim! When she gets married, part of the marriage is, part of the agreement is, the knowledge that my husband has, <laughs> he's going to be connected to my nadar. And therefore, even Midair even if he does a mamish move in with her, she knows that her vows are connected to the das of the husband. However, when it comes to the truma, she's, she never gave, who's giving over truma? Rights to truma? Some rights to truma. Midar Raisa, she allowed eat truma. Anytime you get married, you allowed eat truma. Yeah, as soon as you're a married woman, you allowed eat truma. Why did we say an Arus doesn't eat truma? The rabbis, the rabbis say we're concerned if she starts eating truma, she might bring it into her parents' house. Everybody else might eat it. But Midar Raisa, she's allowed to eat truma all along. Therefore, since the Isser of Arusa eating truma, even though it's since that logic remains in place as long as they haven't married, as long as they haven't had real actual nesuin, maybe that's why she's not allowed to eat. Bottom line, we wanted to, to, to look at the broader picture. We, we were wondering, is the shita of Rebel in our Mishnah, that as soon as he becomes obligated to Mezainas, he could remove the vow? Is that similar to the Mishnah in Qubis? We thought yes, and the Gemara is responding, no. Not true, for a number of reasons. Number one, is that um, uh, number one is the nafkamina between midareisa and the opponent, and number two is the das that goes into play when she's giving herself over for erisim to marriage. She's give, she's ready, given over those vows. Hence, comes time for nesuin, financial obligation. The husband could remove it. It seems similar, but Lamaisa, each halacha is coming from its own. Place and has its own set of uh, own set of guidelines. We'll call it. So there's not necessarily working together. Okay, we'll hold it here. Right. Shmackadav. We'll hold it here. Hashem. Tomorrow in Erv Shabbos, we will pick up at. Um, we will pick up at nine fifteen. Hashem.